Our text is found in the book of Psalms, Psalm 126 and verse 6. Thus we read, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Without delay, let us get right into the text and rightly divide it, so as we may be approved of God and not ashamed when we give him an account of our time and efforts in this study. For we know that we shall give an account of ourselves unto God. First let us note, the text says, He that goeth forth. We will consider these words of the text first. The pronoun he is used in the generic sense, meaning both sexes, meaning both men and women. While the official status and authority of women in the Lord's churches is nil, they nevertheless can and yet be a real power for God and the good of His church in the world. In the term, he that goeth forth, the pulpit is included, but the primary sense of the term is that of personal witness. Let me highlight this truth by way of illustration. There are two rivers. Both swell to the overflowing by an influx of water, one by a thunderstorm which has brought torrential rain. The other river is filled to the overflowing by a quiet flow of melted snow from the mountains round about. The result is the same. Both rivers are full. Only the means are different. God may use bombastic preaching from the pulpit in the salvation of souls, or He may use the quiet witness of a sister in the home or in the marketplace. Yet the effect is the same. Souls are saved with a full salvation. When Christ said to the church, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, He was speaking to the whole church, not just the men, but both men and women. While women cannot hold an official teaching position in the church, their sphere of teaching is exceedingly broad maybe even more so than that of men. I want you to listen to what Paul said to the young preacher Timothy. He says, From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, may I ask, when as a child, where and how did Timothy learn the Scriptures, making him wise unto salvation? Now, I want to read the answer to this question from the very Word of God. 1 Timothy 1.5, Paul says to this young preacher, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Beloved sister, he learned these great truths at the feet of his mother and his grandmother. Then, too, the older women are to teach the younger women how to manage their homes so as the word of God will not be blasphemed. Titus 2, verses 4 and 5. The text says, He that goeth forth. There are many incentives for going forth, and chief among them is the Lord's promise to go with us, to lead us, and to fight for us. To those that goeth forth, the Lord says, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13, 5. However, the Scripture does say, All that forsake the Lord shall be ashamed. 
When the Lord said to his church, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, he said in the same breath, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. But it appears as if some churches do not like the Lord's company, for they never go forth. Now we love the Lord's company, and by his enablements we shall go forth. Another zeal evoking incentive for going forth is the Lord's promise to fight for us. Deuteronomy verse 30, chapter 1. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you. I appreciate this promise, for I know my weakness. And if God was not in my corner, I would be permanently taken captive by the devil. But, beloved Peter the Lord's apostle said, Be vigilant, be sober, for your adversary the devil walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We are to be like the apostle Paul. We are to fight the good fight of faith. But we need to remember, like Paul, that it is always God which giveth us the victory. In combat with the devil, the Lord is the only one that has won every fight and every round. We all started out as losers. We were all knocked out in the first round. Paul said, Sin slew me, Romans 7:11. What sin, may I ask, was Paul referring to or talking about? Well, he does not leave us in doubt as to the fight with sin he is talking about, in which he was slain spiritually. Romans 5, verse 12, he said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. They were knocked out. They were spiritually dead. And all men at this time upon the face of this earth, without the indwelling Spirit of God, are mere animated corpses. Paul said, Fight I, not as one that beateth the air. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26. Paul did no shadow boxing. Sin was his target. And he aimed all of his punches straight at it. But he knew if he was to knock it out, God had to fight for him. That is, put the power in his punches. Thus it is, he says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Romans 5, verse 20. The Savior fought many a battle with sin's champion, and he never lost a fight nor a single round. In the strict sense, he is the only one that can fight with the devil and win. The archangel Michael would not as much entered the ring with him, but said, The Lord rebuked thee. Jude, verse 9. Yet some Christians think they can fight him by themselves and win. Oh, how foolish. Some professing Christians have said to me, I don't need the church. The church way is God's way of doing missionary work. To try and do the Lord's work independent of the church is to try and do it in one's own strength and thereby become easy prey for the devil. Then, too, if a Christian can do the Lord's work independent of the church, wonder why the Lord started the church, and why he said he would be with it unto the end of the age. The Scripture tells us that Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, and that God is glorified in the church, Ephesians 3.21 and Ephesians 5.25. The Lord your God shall fight for you, Christ is the firstborn of many brethren, Romans 8:29, and the devil is a lot bigger than I am. And when he jumps on me, I tell him straight out, 
I am going to get my big brother, my elder brother Jesus, and he will take care of you. The devil has an insatiable hatred of the name Jesus, for he knows it means Savior, and he doesn't want anyone saved. Well, be that as it may, the salvation of God's people has always been history as reckoned by divine omniscience, and there is no other kind of omniscience. And by Holy Spirit illumination, the regenerate learn that it has always been history with God. He that goeth forth, somebody says, I can't go. One may have a thousand and one limitation, but there is a sense wherein every one of us can go forth. Every excuse given in the Bible for not doing the Lord's work is recorded to show how utterly foolish they are, and you and I, I believe, know that. What did Abraham say when the Lord called him to leave his father, his kindred, and his homeland? He did not hem-haw around and give the Lord a whole lot of flimsy excuses as to why he could not go. But let me read to you the very next word. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. What did Isaiah say when the Lord called him to go forth? Isaiah 6, 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go forth? Then said I, here am I, send me. What did Paul say when the Lord called him to go forth? He said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Another thing he said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16. You may not be called to preach, to teach, or to hold any office in the church. But whatever the Lord has called you to, if you will heed his call and be faithful in it, he will bless you according to your faithfulness, and He never blesses any person more than that. But woe if you rebel against His call. What if Jesus, my friend, would have refused to go forth? But we read in John 13:1, He loved His own which were in the world, and He loved them unto the end. Why not go forth? The Lord has promised to go with you, to go with I, and fight for us. And he never, ever lost even a skirmish with the devil. This brings us to the second part of the text, which is, He that goeth forth and weepeth. We need a burden for the cause of Christ that will send us to our knees and make overflowing fountains of our eyes. Paul had such a burden. For he says in Philippians 3:18, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. The people Paul had in mind when he said they are the enemies of the cross of Christ was not necessarily drunks and adulterers and thieves or murderers or liars, but he says they are people who mind earthly things. The very next verse, verse 19. Are there any of your loved ones in this category, that is, who mind earthly things? Usually with most of us, there is someone in our family whom we love very deeply who are going against the God of the Bible and wholly given to the comfort of themselves. I would to God that he might burden my heart for lost people, that is, for people who mind earthly things, so much so that my eyes would become red from crying. For Paul says, their end is destruction. Philippians 3, verse 19. Luke says, Speaking of Jesus and Jerusalem, and when he was come near, he beheld the city 
and wept over it. Luke 19, verse 41. Who was it that he was weeping for? It was not prostitutes, thieves, and humans come alone that he was praying for and weeping over, but the most moral and religious people in the world at the time. That is Israel. All unsaved people are enemies of the cross of Christ, no matter what they do or do not do. And that includes my loved ones and yours. We need to go forth unto them weeping, yea, burdened upon our soul for them. Every one of us was at one time proud enemies of Christ and hated Him without a cause. But the believer's enemyhood and hateship has been abolished, for we read, But God now commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. For if, when we were sin enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, yes, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Thirdly, this brings us to our next consideration. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Precious seed. Note that. The very word of God. Job said, I have esteemed his word more than my necessary food. How precious has been the word of God to multiplied millions of marchers. They would not recant. They would not deny his word and went to their atrocious deaths rejoicing in his glorious word. Christ said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are truth. John 6, 63, and they are life. It is precious because of its author. Christ is its author. And he, being full of grace and truth, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John 5.24 John 1.17 Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. His word is precious because of its effects. Isaiah 55.11 So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Beloved, our God, through Christ, through the Spirit, makes His Word effectual in the hearts of His people. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on Him, If you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. O glorious effect, free from the condemnation of sin free from the curse of the law, free from eternal death and the torments of an everlasting destruction. Oh, how precious is that glorious word. But Paul warns, saying, Shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. But if God's word is precious to us, he will cause us to know error from truth, and we will not be found running after heretics. Then we can say with the psalmist, I have stuck to thy testimonies, O Lord, put me not to shame. And the psalmist said again, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. To unbelieving Jews, Christ said, Ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. John 8:37. Void of the word of God, full of hate. And then we read in Matthew 13 and verse 3, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. 
And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, and some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Oh, beloved, how great it is that there are some, some seed which you go forth to sow, that falls upon good ground. Upon good ground, hearts made soft and pliable, gather fruit unto eternal life. John 4 and verse 36. And then too, he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. There is no doubt as to the success of the mission. All who are sent of the Lord shall doubtless come again. This assurance and promise we have from the Lord. Christ said, Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. They who do not receive you, shake off the dust of your feet against them. It will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. And they returned again with joy. They went forth, bearing precious seed, weeping, but returned rejoicing. In First John 2, verse 19, They went out from among us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. Some go forth in their own strength, like Naomi, and return, but not with rejoicing, but with sadness. Saul went forth against the Amalekites, and he won the battle, but he lost his throne, because he went forth in his own strength. And then let me read, and in closing, the Bible says in our text, He that goeth forth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again, and note, with rejoicing. And in Luke ten seventeen and 20, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. Herein is our guarantee of success, our basis of rejoicing, for these names were written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. Our Lord tells us there is joy in the presence of the angels over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Mothers, fathers, and other loved ones rejoicing over the salvation of their beloved. May God bless you richly.